There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And uh, it's been a it's been a busy couple of days, man. It's been so busy. I don't want to complain because they're all good things, but holy cripes, has it been busy? Before I get started, and don't worry, I'm not going to take a long time to talk about this. I just want to tell everybody a new episode of the Shuffle Playlist is coming out tomorrow uh, on Saturday. July 1st. And on that episode, uh, Chris and I discuss all of the ins and outs of the podcast. We talk about numbers, how much money we made. Spoiler, it was zero. And uh, things that we could do better going forward for season two. This is really interesting. I think if you have ever wanted to start a podcast or you're currently, um, you currently have a podcast. So we just, we just put all the numbers out there. So for everybody to hear, it's an interesting episode. There's a link in the show notes if you're interested in it. All right, let's jump into our EV news. Scientist John Goodenough has passed away at the age of 100 years old. John was involved in the development of wireless communications and lithium ion batteries. So we owe an awful lot to this gentleman. He actually worked well into his 90s. Like in the time that I've been doing this podcast, I've talked about this gentleman uh, a few times. So let's take a moment to celebrate John's life. The Hyundai Ionic 6 is Car and Driver's best electric car of the year. Car and Driver looked at four key areas, value, mission, fulfillment, technology advancement, and fun to drive. So congrats to the Hyundai team. That's pretty, pretty cool. Lucid Motors will supply Aston Martin with their EV powertrain. In addition, Lucid will also assist Aston Martin in developing a new EV powertrain. Aston Martin is expected to release their first EV in 2025. Lordstown has officially filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and they're blaming Foxconn for being mean. Of 
course, that is me oversimplifying of probably a very complicated situation. Chapter 11 doesn't mean that they're going away. It just means that they're reorganizing debt, assets, and affairs. When Lordstown and Foxconn first announced their partnership, Foxconn was going to invest $100 million into Lordstown, and then Foxconn would take over the Lordstown, Ohio factory that Lordstown Motors was building their truck in. When I say building, it's kind of funny. They've only built 500, and they've been in that factory for quite a while. But I'm not here to bash them. I'm just saying. Anyway, Lordstown is claiming that Foxconn did not fulfill their commitments, and Foxconn claims that Lordstown violated their equity purchase agreement. And as a result of that, Foxconn is refusing to invest the final $43.7 million into the company. And now Lordstown is saying that... By not honoring their commitment, they have caused Lordstown Motors material and irreparable harm. This doesn't help uh, when you also consider that Lordstown Motors' former CEO and founder Stephen Burns sold all of his stock last week, which I told you about on last episode. Lordstown is looking to sell their intellectual property for the Endurance EV truck. Not sure how much intellectual property is there. I mean, when they first announced the Lordstown pickup truck, it looked really good, like I thought. But but it's been a while since they made that first announcement. And now it's kind of looking dated. Let's just say dated. I wasn't going to say old and tired, but I I think dated is is a better way to put that. If Lordstown does actually do an earnings call, I will make sure to do an episode on it for sure. It's bound to be interesting to listen to. The first EV Blazer has rolled off the line and officially been produced at GM's plant in Mexico. Initially, the Blazer will come in two different trims, the 2LT and the RS, but there are other trims to follow in 2024, but we're looking at the end of summer of 2023 for these trucks or these vehicles to start being delivered. Chevy claims that the Blazer EV will have a range of 320 miles or 515 kilometers, but I guess that's on the top end and not the beginning range, but they didn't give us the beginning range. The RS version will have a four-wheel drive, I mean, excuse me, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and all-wheel drive version. The 2LT starts at $47,595, and the RS starts at $51,995. Depending on what the final product looks like, that's actually not too, too bad as far as prices go. I think we can all agree that it would be nice if these vehicles were cheaper, but this is the the place that we're in, and at least it doesn't cost $60,000 to start. Speaking of starting prices, the 2024 Chevy EV work truck Silverado, or the base model of the Silverado, will start at $50,000. It's going to be only available to fleets in 2023. Other trims will come in 2024. Let's just kind of stay on this GM thread here as we go through this. GM is acquiring Israeli software company Algolion. Now, I'm almost certain I said that wrong. A-L-G-O-L, lowercase i-o-n, and the rest of the letters are capital. I'm sure it has something to do with lithium-ion batteries. Since the software that this company makes, that I'm not going to try and pronounce the name again, they make a software that monitors battery health 
and helps maintain battery health. I feel really confident that all EV manufacturers at this point have some sort of software that does this, but I could imagine why a GM might want might want to specifically own a company that does this when you consider the problems they had with the Chevy Bolt. And speaking of the Chevy Bolt, I have a little clip because we thought it had gone away, right? GM said, we're no longer building the Bolt. And I said, I bet it will come back in the Ultium platform. And we have this little clip from Mary Barra. She was on the uh, she was on Market Watch with Kai Rizdal. And let's just play this little clip here. I've been driving a Bolt EUV for several months before that. Absolutely love it. So why are you stopping making it? Because it's our second generation technology. And we're moving Ultium, uh, the, the difference between our second generation and third generation, which is Ultium, is a 40% reduction in battery costs. Uh, and we're leveraging uh, the names of our vehicles that are well understood and known in industry. People, you know, who drive an Equinox today will understand what an Equinox EV, what that delivers to them. But, you know, Bolt is something that has built up a lot of loyalty and equity. Mm-hmm. So can't say more because I don't discuss future product programs. But, you know, it was primarily a, a move from second generation to third generation. But that's a important vehicle in our portfolio. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, indeed. Sounds like the, Sh- the Chevy Bolt's going to stick around. It's just going to get some retooling, as they say. Now, we don't know that for sure, because Mary Barra doesn't, she doesn't talk about future products, but we kind of know, right? Last episode, we talked about the Nikola Trey fires that happened behind Nikola's headquarters here in Tempe, Arizona. Well, we have a new report that shows that some of the battery modules in some of the Nikola trays had some defects. Now, I want to say this is not an official fire report. This is not a, a, a result from the investigation. This is a report that Electrek got its hands on, and it's talking about uh, not not the the specifically about the trays that caught on fire. It's just problems with the trays in general. So engineers detected corrosion in the battery that cells would self discharge, according to internal documents. Again, obtained by Electrek. Engineers traced this corrosion to a process where they use a laser to weld the cells, and that laser had punctured some of the battery cells. Now, this is not. This is. I want to. I want to be 100 clear. This is not the official cause of the fire, but this gives us a little bit of information going forward when we do finally get the official cause of the fire. So, just keep that information in the in your back pocket. Stellantis has announced its new charging network, and it's got a very uninspiring name. So, here we go. Free to move charge. That's their that's their charging network, charging platform. This platform has three pillars: charge home, which has vehicle to home, vehicle to grid, uh, charge business, and charge go. If I had to guess, the charge go is the DC fast charging component or pillar in their three pillars of the free to move charge platform. Stellantis also has an inductive charging robot, 
which will, it's kind of like a Roomba. It sits in the corner of your garage until it's time to charge. And then it goes underneath your vehicle and wirelessly charges while you're sleeping or having a sandwich or whatever. And once the car is charged, then the robot, you know, docks itself and puts itself to sleep until you need it again. After using level one charging for the last month, I can honestly say that if this inductive charger is not much faster than level one charging out of the gate, it's dead in the water because five miles an hour charging is awful. It's really hard to do. It's not impossible, but it does require a huge amount of my brain power. And I still occasionally, now I've, I've got it to about every two weeks, I still have to go and charge it a supercharger for various reasons. Now, it's not the end of the world, but I would like to be able to charge at home. And I'm finding that doing that with a level one charger is a little more difficult. It was very difficult in the beginning as I've kind of figured things out and, and done a better job planning. I've, I, like I said, I've gone two weeks or maybe 10 days, something close to that without having to go to the supercharger, but it's not as easy as you would think. It requires a lot of brain power. And I, and I don't, as you know, I don't have a lot of brain power. Let's finish up with our Stellantis article here. Cause I'm starting to ramble. Stellantis is still considering whether or not if uh, they're going to adopt the NACS standard or not. My guess, on some level, they will adopt it. Maybe they have the CCS charger as well, but the state of Texas and the state of Washington have mandated that charging stalls, new charging stalls, must be compatible with the NACS adapter or standard or whatever it's called now. So, yeah. They're, they're going to adopt it on some level if they're going to be operating in those states. And I would imagine other states will, will follow, follow suit on that. All right, that's it for our EV news. Real quick, before we move on to our Tesla news, if you want to support the show at $1 a month and get rid of the ads, go to supportkilowatt.com or patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. Even a dollar. Uh, helps out a lot. And all the money that you contribute goes back to the show. None of the money goes into my own pocket to pay my expenses or anything like that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. 
for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our Tesla news. We don't have a lot of Tesla news, so this, this should be fairly quick. Twitter user Whole Mars Catalog tweeted out the following FSD 12, maybe this year? Elon tweeted back with version 12 won't be beta. So once version 12 is out, no more FSD beta. It is FSD. Now, my question to you is and this is a genuine question how much do you think? Tesla is going to charge for FSD 12. Right now, today, as we're talking, it is $15,000. How much will it cost when we hit version 12? I want to say $20,000 because I'm being conservative there. But honestly, actually, I should say my conservative guess is $20,000, but I want to say $30,000. I absolutely do not think that Tesla or Elon have any shame for charging just a obscene amount of money for this feature. And just because it's got version 12, a, a V and then a 1 and a 2 instead of a 1 and a 1, that is their opportunity to raise the price. And and I, I'm sure it'll be better than version 11, I'm not sure how much better, and I'm fairly certain it's not going to be worth whatever they want to charge for it. So we will see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Tesla will be like, you know what, $5,000 for FSD. And everybody who paid over that gets FSD for life. But I doubt it. I don't think he's going to do that. Elon Musk met with France's President Macron for the second time in a month. This has fueled rumors that we're close to a Tesla factory in France. And honestly, I'm going to be honest, 100% honest on this, I don't think this is going to happen. There, there, there's just not the compatibility there with the, uh, the folks who live in France and Elon Musk. France is extraordinarily pro-union. Elon is absolutely not pro-union. <laughs> Elon is anti-union. You could argue that Germany is also pro-union, but it's not like France. It's not like France. Elon will almost certainly say something that will upset the French workers and then boom, strike. They have no problem striking. They have no problem uh, protesting. And you know what? I support everybody's right to strike and I support everybody's right to protest. So I don't even have an issue with that. I'm just saying it's not a good fit for Tesla or for the French workers. Elon is constantly praising uh, how hard the Chinese workers work. And I'm sure they work very hard. I have no doubt about that. But I 
might be just projecting this, but I'm sure those workers would rather be paid more and have more time to spend with their families than to spend their time at Tesla. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. All right, uh, let's see here. Tesla is set to officially support third-party apps. At least that's what a user setting in their website says. Uh, Now, I've been seeing a lot of stuff where people are saying, are are we getting an app store? And my answer to that is maybe. It might just be that Tesla is going to partner with a few select developers for a more curated experience that makes sense in the in the in their cars, right? Android and iPhone, they have an app store. They have probably millions of apps that you can choose from. I don't think that makes sense on a Tesla. I think, you know, less than 50 apps should be sufficient. I I don't think we're going to see a a land rush like we did when the iPhone came out with the App Store. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think, at least initially, I think they're going to partner with a few developers and they're going to have apps that make sense. Now, Elon and and the rest of the folks at Tesla are just weird enough to throw a few apps in there that make no sense for them to be in the car. But who knows? We'll see. I I might be 100% wrong on this, but I don't think I am. All right, we have a little update to the North America charging standard. <laughs> uh, this is big news. You know what? There's In the summertime, there's just not a lot of news to cover. So if you're tired of this, I apologize. But I'm going on the Daily Tech News Show on July 14th to talk about this. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of research on it at the moment. So just bear with me, and I'll, I'll let you know what I found. VW Group, which is all of VW's properties, they're in talks to adopt the North American Charging Standard. Volvo and Polestar, which are both owned by Geely, have adopted the NACS. If Zeker, which is another Geely product, if that comes to the United States, I'm sure that'll have an NACS port on it as well. Electrify America will adopt the NACS port. Now, even though all of these companies are adopting NACS, it doesn't mean that CCS or Chatamo is going anywhere anytime soon. There's still plenty of vehicles on the road that utilize this charge, those charging standards. So even if we decide that the NACS is going to be the standard for America or North America going forward, well, that that doesn't that doesn't immediately wipe out all of the vehicles that are driving around with CCS and Chatamo charging ports on them. So, you know, we're going to have, we're going to be dealing with multiple charging ports for a while. Now, having said that, the Society of Automotive Engineers will standardize the NACS connector by the SAE standardizing the NACS. It'll establish a, consensus-based approach for maintaining NACS and validating its ability to meet performance standards and interoperability criteria. So that was that was from the little press release. My biggest concern when all these companies were signing on to adopt the NACS, my biggest concern was one company, Tesla, would be controlling the standard. And that's not how standards should be done. We need to hear from all of the voices in the industry, and we need to have consensus on how we move forward. And it sounds like 
by the SAE standardizing the NACS. It sounds like that's going to that that's how it's going to be done. According to the article that I got this from, uh, the SAE will establish a consensus-based approach for maintaining NACS and validating its approach, or excuse me, validating its ability to meet performance standards and interoperability criteria, which we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, but this gives me some hope. We're going to get lots of, of voices and lots of input on this. It sounds like there are going to be changes to the current NACS standard. Um, they said that they are developing an expedited time frame. The SAE is developing an expedited time frame, which is going to be about six months. And we'll have a new uh, connector standard. Like one of the things that it's going to include is a public key infrastructure for cyber secure charging. If you don't, it's basically a very secure handshake. Like not like a standard handshake where your right hand goes out and meets their right hand. It's your right hand goes out to meet their right hand and then their left hand covers your right hand and your left hand covers their right hand. And then you shake with all four hands and then there's some random numbers in there somewhere. Um, I guess fingers, random digits in there somewhere. Anyway, this is going wrong. The SAE is also going to be partnering with the charge X consortium, which is made it up, made up, made it up. It's made up of national labs like the Argonne Lab, National Lab, Idaho National Laboratory, National Renewable Energy Laboratory, and then a bunch of participants across the EV and charging industry. And according to ChargeX's website, they're going to bring together EV industry members, national laboratories, consumer advocates, and other stakeholders to measure and significantly improve public charging reliability and usability within 24 months by June of 2025. This is impressive when you consider that their first meeting was June 1st of 2023. Uh, I read through their their slide deck and I I'm I'm just gonna use like this real quick example um that I think sums up the slide deck pretty well. It's any driver, any EV, any charger. And I should also say any payment method. They didn't specifically say that in the slide deck, but it's there. Because I discovered the ChargeX consortium like 20 minutes before I recorded this podcast, I'm not going to be able to tell you a whole lot of what they do, but I'm definitely going to look deeper into this and, and, and get back to you as we go forward. All right, before I let you go, Lucid Motors CEO Peter Rawlinson sat down with Wall Street Journal the interview was 30 minutes long. It was really good. I recommend, I'll put it in the show notes, I recommend going and listening to Mary Barra's interview with Kai Rizdahl. And I also recommend this Wall Street Journal uh, interview with Peter Rawlinson because there was a lot of really interesting things in both of those interviews. And I think that people who listen to this show would also enjoy these interviews. It got a little nerdy. It's got some information that we already knew in there. And then there's a little bit of information that we didn't know. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our first clip, which is properly nerdy. And by first clip, I mean the only clip. Obviously be aware that Ford and GM recently set Tesla's charging standard. I wanted to ask what you think that says about the US charging infrastructure and do you intend to join them? Now, that's a very interesting point. 
because I think there's um, a disproportionate emphasis here placed upon DC fast charging. I believe that first and foremost, we need to address improving the infrastructure for overnight AC charging at home. Remember that over 90% of charging of EVs takes place at home. And some people are not able to uh, adopt an EV because they don't have uh, uh, an appropriate place to charge overnight. It's much kinder to the grid um, to take that electricity, that draw, Overnight, when the power stations are, 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 are relatively uh, stoked down. Um, and also, it's kinder for the car batteries not to have that surge of power going in. A, a kinder, more gentle charging approach is better for grid and vehicle alike. But then if we look at the, 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 the fast charging DC infrastructure, I think there's also a disproportionate focus upon um, NACS versus the CCS standard, because really, what is the difference between those two? We're talking about a, a plastic plug here. That's that's the difference. It's a plastic plug with bits of copper in it. What actually supports that plastic plug in terms of the infrastructure and what it's connected to is very relevant to the US consumer and a very important topic for the growth of the EV in terms of um, its value to the American people. I think it's very important that when we look at U.S. taxpayers' money here and how it is put to best effect, that it should be placed um, into a, a charging infrastructure which is future-proofed. And that means an ultra-high voltage charging standard, 1,000 volts. That is the future for EVs. Uh, and really, it doesn't really matter whether that plug, the way that high-voltage enters the car, um, whether it's through a, an NACS or CCS a plug, that's almost beside the point here. What's really important is that we go for this efficient, high-voltage, high-power charging. And why do we need high-voltage? Because if we can double the voltage for a given amount of power, then we halve the current, and therefore we quarter the heat losses of the system. This is fundamental, and this is a fundamental enabler for uh, a better and more widespread adoption of the EV through speeding up the rate at which EVs can charge. All right. First thing I want to say is he did not answer the question. The second thing I wanted to say is that plastic uh, uh, piece of plastic that gets plugged into your car, in one instance, the CCS charger only does at least here in the united states dc fast charging now there is there's two parts to a ccs uh a connector the first part is the, the top which is basically and i'm speaking here in the united states is a j1772 connector and then you have the part on the bottom which is allows for the dc fast charging so when I go to the level two charger in front of the Whole Foods and I charge while I'm going inside and paying way too much money for a T, that connector is a J1772 connector. If, I, if that charger was a level two charger, then it would be a CCS connector because it'd have that little bit at the bottom for the DC fast charging. 
the Tesla plug, it doesn't matter. You just plug level one, level two, level three in, and, and you're good to go. Now, I don't think that's a big enough difference to to make a lot of hay about. And I honestly didn't think that Peter Rawlinson was going to say anything of value about a Tesla product. However, I do think he made a lot of really good points. I think that Peter Rawlinson is a very smart person. I know some people don't like him, and I think it's because of his voice. And he's also... He's a constant marketer, but not in the fun way that Elon is. He's a constant marketer in the boring business business way that rubs people the wrong way. But I think he's very smart. I happen to mostly like I think he's fine. He's a fine person. I don't he's not a villain is is what I'm getting at. He's a really smart guy and he makes a lot of really good points in that clip. The thing is though, that doesn't take away from the fact that using the NACS connector or using the CCS connector or whatever connector we're using, that doesn't take away from the fact that we can still work towards all those things that he was talking about. So if he has a better idea, I'd like to hear it because it's fine to say all that stuff. But let's put our, our money where our mouth is and let's start producing that. And maybe they are. They're just not ready to announce it yet. Or maybe he just didn't want to answer the question. All right, everybody, I'm going to call it good here because it's 11.15. I've been up since 5 in the morning. It's 11.15 p.m. on Friday night, and I'm tired, and I can feel myself getting real blabby. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it right here, but I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show on Patreon who supports the show. If you have a chance and you think there's somebody in your life who might like this show, you know, recommend it. I would appreciate it. I'll be the first to tell you that this is not the best podcast on the internet. But if you think somebody would like it, just give them a recommendation. I would very much appreciate it. All right, everybody, you can email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter, at 918digital. And that's it for me. Tuesday's a holiday. It's 4th of July holiday. So probably won't have any news on Tuesday, but I'll, I'll think of something. It'll be a short show. All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening, and have a great weekend.